Why Seek Ye the Living Among the Dead? by Mary Jo Mast. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. Thank you for everyone who is listening. Thank you for your love for us, your great love. Jesus, I just ask today that you would break the bread as I read, and that the moms who are listening would hear your voice, and it would minister to them and feed them, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Good morning, friend. Today, we continue our study on the final week of our Lord Jesus' life. Let's use our imagination to go back to the tomb with Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and the women who were with them. What must it have been like? How would they have felt after Jesus' death? What did the empty tomb with the grave clothes represent? Let's read Luke 23, 50-56. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down. He wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. And then let's go on and read from Luke 24, 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wandering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, They told all of these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, and bending over, he saw the the strips of linen laying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. And then let's go on to read in Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalena and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from the heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, 
He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And then John 20, verses 1 through 10. And these are all just different accounts. I love how they're highlighted in different ways by the different disciples. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Luke 24, 5b through 6a. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee loved him and followed him faithfully. His unexpected death was a blow, so very difficult to understand. Only one last reasonable act made sense to anoint the body of the one they loved with good-smelling spices in order to bring some sense of dignity and closure to this terrible, heartbreaking event. This custom became their final act of kindness, their last symbol of love. They believed every word this kind, gentle man spoke while he lived. How could they have so grossly misunderstood? It felt like a sorrowful nightmare. He had the words of life, and yet now he lay dead in a cold tomb. With heavy, broken hearts, they solemnly walked along the narrow pathway to the grave. Three days prior, they witnessed the burial of Jesus. They knew where he lay. Tears gently fell down their swollen faces as memories of the crucifixion flooded their minds. Earlier, they gazed at his broken body and bruised flesh. Oh, how different it was now. Only a short while ago, they heard him speak with such power and love, Could they somehow have prevented this gruesome, cruel end? Drawing near the tomb, the women noticed the huge stone. It was no longer sealing the entrance. Something was terribly wrong. Questions swirled around their minds. Fear and anguish overpowered their hearts. They peered inside. Oh no! His body was gone! Someone must have stolen it! Slowly they noticed the linen grave clothes in a pile where Jesus' body had lain almost as if he had slipped out of them while they were wrapped around his body. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. The angels' voice jolted them back to reality as they fell to the ground in fright. Although they had not understood earlier, they suddenly remembered the words of Jesus. 
the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Luke 24, 7. A spark of hope and unspeakable joy ignited their hearts, just like when they first believed. Now the mysterious words Jesus spoke to them began to make sense. Though he was dead, he was now alive, just as he had foretold them. Oh, the great, great love of Jesus. His body became a seed with the true life of God hidden on the inside. His outer shell, or his flesh, had to be shed as a garment to release new life so his spirit could come to us. The grave clothes were a sign of that fleshly shedding, his humanness, so that the 100% of God part of him could be revealed. Had Jesus not died, the resurrection would not have happened, and he could not have sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. John twenty-four, John 12, 24, in the New Living Translation says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Jesus willingly went to the tomb, and he was resurrected to make available to us that 100% part of God inside of him. He can now live in us through his spirit. As we say yes to the abundant life that God offers us through Christ, we must say no to our flesh. Ephesians 4:22 through 26 set through 24 tells us that in reference to your formal, former manner of life you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So as we lay aside our old self or our corruptible heart and become renewed by the Spirit of Jesus, we can put on our new self, the incorruptible. It is a miracle. The old person we used to be falls off, just like the grave clothes of Jesus in the empty tomb. It is tempting to cling or to hang on to our dead grave clothes to try to find life. Romans 8.12 says, that if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if we put to death the deeds of the flesh, we will live. Do you find yourself clinging to your grave clothes or your old self? Can you dig deep to find out why? Jesus loves you so, so much. He sacrificed everything for you and gave his life so you could enjoy a relationship with him forever. Can you truly believe this? Why or why not? Can you think of areas in your life that have not been given over to Jesus completely? Write them down. What are some things that may be holding you back from surrendering every area of your life to the Lordship of Jesus. If you are afraid of failure, don't worry. He is not as concerned about your behavior as he is about your whole heart being surrendered to him. Your behavior will change as you give him permission to work. He can supernaturally change us by his Spirit.
faith-filled idea. When we decide to allow our old selves to die, our flesh or our grave clothes come off, and a new life, the life of God by His Spirit, can come in. This requires repentance, a godly desire to turn away from our old ways. Then we can ask Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, His Spirit, to come in and transform us. And just as God breathed life into Adam in the Garden of Eden, so the Holy Spirit, the resurrected Jesus, can breathe life into you today. Jesus wants to help you take off your your grave clothes. My friend, if you have not yet believed, take a step of faith and pray the sinner's prayer below. Dear God, I acknowledge I am a sinner. Any good in me is like filthy rags according to your standard of goodness. I fully believe in Jesus, your Son, who died for me, being the final and perfect sacrifice so I could become your child of righteousness. I ask you to come and dwell in my heart as I repent of my sin. I confess and declare with my mouth that you are Lord of my life. Thank you for changing me, for delivering me from evil. I now want to live a life that is pleasing to you. Amen. Be sure to tell a Christian friend or a pastor about your decision to follow Christ. They will be so happy for you. Now, if you have already received Jesus as your Savior and are still struggling with sin, research the gifts of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 2-26 and choose to exhibit them. They are free and they are available to every believer at any time. Like a light switch, you have to flip the switch on, choosing to turn off the flesh and turn on the Spirit. The darkness will be diminished. You can ask someone that you trust, who has evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in them, to lay hands on you and to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. This happened in Acts 19, verse 6, where it says, When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. As you empty yourself more and more of your own will and ask Him to fill you, He will give you more power, supplying everything you need to overcome sin. What was once difficult now becomes easier. If you want the Holy Spirit to come into your life right now, pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have not left us comfortless. You have not left us without your Holy Spirit, who you want to give us without measure. So, Father, I pray right now that you would fill the listener with your Holy Spirit at the sound of my voice. Lord, I ask that you would bring them into this place of fellowship with you where they will commune with you and fill up by the power of your Holy Spirit. Give them a desire to be in your word. Fill them more and more as they empty themselves of the flesh that is in them. I thank you, Lord, that when you died, we died with you. And because of your resurrection, you can now raise us to newness of life. Amen.